We go on our event, we're going to see a concert, and we're going to see Metallica live. Now, yeah, I totally tricked my wife. You know, I, I played the slow song. Oh, I like that song. It's not so scary. Yeah, see? They changed. They evolved. <laughs> so we get to the show, all right? And we get there, we sit out, I forget. I'm, I'm domesticated now. She's like, is there a brochure? I'm like, all right. <laughs> We're looking around the stadium, brochure, whatever. Now, here's when you know you're too old to be going to concerts. First of all, the name of the bands is already a tragic mistake. Here's the opener. So you ready for this? Just the names. Anthrax, Megadeth. And Slayer. Okay. All right. Did you hear? All right. You, you hear that? You hear that? You hear that? Let me tell you something about Slayer fans. They, they are, that was the scariest time of my life when the Slayer fans showed up. That's the first time I feared my own race. I'm not even kidding you. I feared my own race. They look like the extras from Lord of the Rings. Right before Slayer came out, someone came out and... Release the Slayer fans. They came out of nowhere, under the ground, tattooing their faces. Slayer! Slayer! We're here to witness Slayer! And I'm... Um, Harvard and my wife, everything's gonna be okay. We're only gonna be on for like 15 minutes. Slayer, Slayer! We're gonna be safe. So Slayer's about to go on right before Metallica. The lights go out. Now, I forget I'm domesticated, so when the lights go out of show, I still get that giddy feeling. <laughs> the show's starting. <laughs> Because I'm used to, you know, beauty and beauty. <laughs> Why are they so mean to the beast? They don't get better, Daddy. So, <laughs> so the lights go out, and I hear, and I, is there a train coming? And I turn around, and there's about 500 Slayer fans, and they're heading right for the stage, and they're not using the aisles to get there. <laughs> Chairs are being flung, people flying up in the air. <laughs> I looked at my wife, like, every man for himself. I don't
Sure. I'll talk it out. Yeah. Let's just have a conversation. Track three. <clears throat> Better not be fucking Dave Matthews band. Okay. Those of you who don't want to be a part of this can leave now. Derek, please listen to me. But if you choose to stay, which it seems like you guys are choosing. Derek, please. You understand and agree to the following terms and conditions. Derek! One. Derek, this is the virus. You talking. hereby waive your right Derek, please. to your own personal bodily integrity. This is not you. Two. Per the state versus Neville Reed, my colleague and I will not be held criminally liable for any felony or misdemeanor that you may be a victim of, including, but not limited to, aggravated assault, aggravated battery, disorderly conduct, destruction of property, mayhem, and first-degree murder. And three, terms and conditions may change or be updated Whatever the fuck I want! Consider yourselves notified. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. What was that rocket? What rocket? I was just in my office and I heard a rocket. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? DJ Lewis here with you in the Maltime Radio Podcast, doing a special edition of the Hordes of Chaos with the band No Moss. Gentlemen, how the fuck are you? Hello. Hello. First of all, let's go around the room and introduce yourselves. We'll start with uh, this guy I don't know at all here on the end. I'm John, and I play the tequila. (laughs) (laughs) Roger, I'm vocalist. I'm Henry. I play drums, do some vocals. Pat, and I'm on bass. <laughs> He's on bass. Bass duty. Doing it deep, deeper through, than all. The process of elimination, you can probably figure out what John plays. 
I was hoping you guys would follow suit. Is that, is that, is that the tambourine? Everyone had to be all serious. <laughs> I played bass. <laughs> I did want to take a quick moment though because, uh, and I don't want to down on the show, but late, late passing of Trevor Stranded from Black Dahlia Murder. All right. Oh he, man, that sucks. That that dude that dude played a, a big impact on a lot of us. <laughs> yeah. The first. Uh, I mean, he he helped Nomas out a lot, and which. Didn't he do like one of those his reviews for you in the magazine or something at one point? Yeah, get um, a shout out. Uh, he he just. It, it was one of them things where, like, we would always, like, hear, like, like when like when we did that Knotfest interview and everything, it was just like, oh, we heard of you guys from Trevor from the Black Dahlia Murder. And there was, like, all these weird instances like that where, like, you know, I'd be talking to somebody and they would be like, oh, yeah, dude, I heard of your band from Trevor from Black Dahlia Murder. And I was just like, mm-hmm. wow. And when we were on HPGD, I remember... Uh, <coughs> Uh, Mike Giuliano be uh, messaging me and be like, "Hey, Trevor from Black Dolly Murder just ordered all of your albums." You know, so it's like it was like little things like that. Like you, you could tell that like he was like sending our stuff around and like putting it in people's ears and yeah, uh, mad respect nice. for that. Yeah, you have another friend, and you guys probably knew Mark from Blame Guard. Yep, he did the same thing with them. So I thought that was kind of cool. He was always helping like <coughs> good underground. underground bands. Yeah. You know, it's funny is I, I, I've known about Black Dahlia forever since their inception, but they weren't a band that I listened to on the norm. And then I caught them probably about three or four years ago with Power Trip and Napalm Death. And Misery think. Index was on that bill, yeah. Dude, he is an incredible bro. front man. Yeah, like, bro. It's insane. What, a, what, a, what an influential range. His range is phenomenal. He, when I, I, was, I loved that first album, Unhollowed. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, still to this day, thing. when someone puts that on, it's like, man, this record's cool. Ranks. Yeah, that was that was more of like the the raw like carcass like. You remember we were listening to that one night and we were like, man, some of these songs are really fast, uh, dude, like they, tempo wise. They, they all they all like that first album still holds up as like oh, one, yeah. one of the. Didn't the, like, you? Really I know we talked about this before, you and I in private, but uh, at one point you were either interested in joining that band at one point. No, um, d- uh, it was like ten years ago. Um, the guitar player John and the drummer on uh, on Hollow mm-hmm. Corey, they had started a new band, and they had reached out to me about playing guitar for it. And before anything could even come of it, they like just scrapped it. Like yeah. it was like it was like a very short lived thing. But yeah, like two of the guys that were on on Hollowed had reached out to me, and this this was like a really long time yeah. ago. Yeah, but yeah, I can't believe you remember that. Dad, it's, it's there's awesome. I got all this trivia. Well, I don't know you, but you know, <laughs> I think you know more about me than I do. You <laughs> <laughs> probably just blacked out from it all. Day. Yeah, I know. Like you know, you know, like all of my ins and outs. Uh, but like we were talking about before, you know, Patrick here on Metal Archives, he has like a pretty lengthy resume of bands. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. That's because he's filling it out himself. <laughs> And not telling anyone. <laughs> he's, he's going to edit it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, speaking of Patrick, how do you feel about being in the band so far? Because this is your first interview here with us. So It's been a wild ride. Wild ride? No, I love it. I love it. Uh, playing with these guys is great. It's been a long process getting to know each one of them and uh, working with them, playing live, you know, because everybody has their own chemistry. Um, 
with each other and it takes a while to get on stage and like feel it out you know with each other and uh you know at first i might have felt a little timid because we didn't know each other very well right and as you know it kept going then we just started getting better and better so i think now we're better than ever i, I agree <laughs> we'll get into the new album in a minute but uh one thing I do like when I saw you guys play at, at 611 Cafe, as you mentioned earlier, is that for whatever short time you guys were together, you have a lot of chemistry in it. You can just tell it bleeds through the, on, on stage. Uh, we, we've been searching a long time for the actual fourth member, and finally, <laughs> finally, like, uh, old ta-da! It's like the Holy Grail. Jason Newstead, that's how I feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> all you gotta do is play the songs right and pretend that you like. Bass oh wait a minute! So Henry is not telling you to turn the bass down so he can hear himself more. He might be, but <laughs> I still turn it up. Sometimes I tell him to turn it down. <laughs> <right. laughs> just make it so you can like barely just hear it, and then and then turn it down some more. But <laughs> but unlike some other bass players, when he is too loud, it's not that big a deal because he's actually playing the songs right. So. <laughs> I get I get a lot of compliments on the tone so far, and uh, I just turn it on. So we actually play the songs right. Like that's yeah. that's something that should that's be important. Yeah. <laughs> Very there. important, you know. He's got the hair flying. That's that's what you want. And Roger just kind of disappears at times. He like he's uh-huh. on the stage. Yeah, I'm into the. Floor. It's almost like he's doing the centipede. <laughs> at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... I'm out into the floor. <laughs> All right. Well, what we're gonna do is we're gonna. Go through the new album, which is uh, Consume, Deny, Repent. And I actually just got that on vinyl. That shit kills, but I like that a lot. What I'm going to do is I'm going to play your first three tracks off that record. Then we're going to revisit some three of your older tracks. And then we're just going to keep doing that throughout the show. And But I want you guys to kind of just give me the lowdown of what these songs mean to you, why you wrote them, etc. So the first three, obviously, Manipulate, Consume, Sin, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right, Virginza, is that right? Same but one side. Okay, yeah, so there you go. Exile, I know that was your first single out. And then we're going to go into your older stuff with uh, One, which John knows is my favorite, one of my favorite tracks from y'all. From which, oh, you, you still got that from the fucking, the Foreign Threat? Yes, sir. Yo, yeah. I got to tell you, we, uh, when we were doing pre-production demos for this album, we did another version of that uh, in Jake's studio. Oh, I forgot we did that. I know, right? Like, remember, like every single one of us banged it out in one take. Yeah. And, and then, like, so they're uh, one. One. We. Oh, she recorded. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I totally <laughs> He's like, that was so long that. ago. <laughs> well, like it, it was just, it was just like too. it was pre-production, like yeah. demo stuff, but it. It would is, be cool yeah. to check out again. I'll see if I can dig that up. Yeah. Uh, what, what got me on another thought, though, you, you guys haven't done a cover yet of anything, right? For a Foreign Threat? Yeah, or for anything. Uh, live we have. We Well, on Foreign Threat, Earth AD, we did a Misfits okay. cover. Oh, okay. I you and then okay. uh, on the Reyes Del Mal tour, we <laughs> did a cover of Death Crush from Mayhem. Oh, that's cool. So those are the only yeah. two. Well, there was pre-COVID. You remember there was a couple shows we did the intro to Fear of Napalm by Terrorizer. Right, yeah. But that's really the only... But you haven't played anything on record except for the Earth AD. Not right. Earth AD was the only one we ever recorded. And honestly, we only did that because we just needed an extra song to... to that's that's usually how it goes. Like, okay, we need now, something That else. was like when we first started. Right. You know. uh, I also have, uh, again, J- uh, Roger's going to have to probably correct me, Roz Del Mal. Uh, Raiz del Mal. Okay. Yeah. And then Vulnerable. That will be the, the last one of the first block. Oh, okay, cool. Wait, so, okay. go ahead. You got questions? 
No, I was gonna say uh, you're gonna play the old word ones first. Ah, uh, no, the new ones the first. Okay. Yep. So we're gonna get started with that. Manipulate and consume, kicking it all off.
just found marijuana. <laughs> 70 years old, started eating it every night. 20 milligrams, my mom says. Dad's eating 20. That's what I said. I was like, that's a lot. I goes, are there any side effects? She goes, other than the fact that he calls me bro a lot? No. <laughs> we go down to Tampa, spend some time with my parents. We're out on their dock, my whole family, my dad, my mom. You can tell when my dad's weed kicks in because he starts humming Jimmy Buffett songs. <laughs> All of a sudden, he just pops up, turns around us. He goes, who wants to talk to an owl tonight, huh? <laughs> I look at my mom. I go, how much weed is Harry Potter eating? My mom's like, no, he talks to an owl every night. Show him, Albert. My dad just gets on the edge of the dock and goes, whoo! My idiot kids are like, Papa, should we hoot too? He's like, yeah, come on, girls, we'll all hoot. Let's do it. Here we go. Whoo! Whoo! Now, the three of them are on the edge of the dock, like three crips letting them know cops are in the neighborhood. Five minutes goes by. Five minutes, we don't hear a sound. I look at my dad, I go, hey, dad, maybe we should sit down. I don't think your owl's out tonight. He's like, yeah, that's crazy. He's always out. <laughs> don't worry, we'll try again tomorrow, girls. Pour a glass of wine. 30 seconds later, clear as a bell, all of us here, whoo. <laughs> I get chill bumps. I look at my dad and I go, dad, it's your owl. <laughs> He's like, I told you, bro. He's like, I'll get him going. And once I get him going, we can all talk to him, all right? Hoo! And right on top of it, we hear, hoo! 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 My oldest daughter goes, Dad, I go, shut the fuck up. We're talking to an owl. She goes, Dad, I go, wait your turn, bitch. I'm next. She goes, Dad, look across the lake at the old man on his dock. Sure as shit, there's another drunk, blind, old white man just, whoo, whoo, These two are like Ric Flair in a cave, just, whoo, whoo,
Saturday night. Committing suicide. No moss. Yeah. Hi. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're getting fucked up. This is not unusual <laughs> for those that have followed this. We got wings and beer, bitch. Yeah, th- this band. Every time we come in, it's it's a it's a miracle they survive. <laughs> One way or the other. Stairs, food, beer, liquor. <laughs> just, just man, waking up is hard, man. Well, apparently for Roger, it really is. He's like, he's already like, okay, is that my bedtime yet? You know, I, I gotta go to bed. So the new record, uh, it, it's been uh, provided by Closed Casket Activities. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. And how did you guys connect with them to do this? Oh boy. <laughs> well, one day I'm just sitting there strolling along, minding my business. <laughs> And I get a message on my phone from Taylor Young, the drummer of Nails. And he asked me, Hey, do you guys have Last Laugh available on vinyl? And I was looking at my phone and being like, Is this somebody pranking me? Right. Because I knew that name. Right. And because we're fans of Nails. Good man. And so I'm looking at it and I'm like, There's no way this is actually him. Turns out it was. Did you tell him to fuck off? I did not. (laughs) Why would you do that? I I told him that that was indeed never pressed on vinyl, and he responds instantaneously with, why the fuck not? (laughs) And I said, because we are an unsigned grind band, and things like that don't happen for us. Mm. And then he immediately responds, well, that has to change. And... We started talking. We became very good friends for a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, he's into a lot of the same shit that I'm into, that we're into. And uh, we became very, very close friends. Um, and then all of a sudden, one day, my phone rings, and it's Justin from Closed Casket. And he's telling me that Todd from Nails had name-dropped us and was being like, you guys, you should sign this band. They're like you know this sick band and then all of a sudden you know and then he was just like and now taylor's hitting me up about you guys and he gave me your number so keep fast forwarding a couple months and everything we're like we're still talking to taylor we're still writing a record and everything and uh, i don't remember how it happened i remember i was at your house henry and um i think we had said to him we were like dude because he kept doing like all this stuff for us and like he got me like an endorsement with ernie ball and I was like, dude, why aren't you our manager? And he was just like, good question. And then it was like that night that we were like, all right, yeah, let's do it. Like, you're, you're fucking riding the flag for us this hard. So, uh, we desperately needed an adult in the equation. We did, because at that point, it had gone past where we could 
manage it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like we needed somebody who knew the business better than us. Right. And um, yeah, I mean, but, <laughs> but because we were, we had built up a a really close friendship for a while. You know, and then um, sorry. You're good. Yeah, like, we built up a close friendship, and then we were, like, we made it official that, like, yo, just manage us. And then ever since he's managed us, it just seems like every couple months, something incredible happens to us. You know, like, he he got us the deal. Um, We went to California to record with him, and it was like, I mean, we paid way less for the recording than we would have had we have gone anywhere else, even though we went to L.A. to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, he's, like, one of the hottest producers going right now. He's quite attractive. He's yeah. amazing. <laughs> Such a handsome man. But basically, every, sexy. everything sexy. happened because of Taylor for us. That's great. And um, he, you know, it was, it was really funny. Like, when he heard the songs and everything like that, like, in the producer's role, he didn't really ask us to change anything about the songs. Like, every song we played for him, he was just like, like that, yeah. he was like, that's a heater. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I can never understand that if that's the way some producers are because if you're, especially in this case, if you're a fan of your work, why the fuck are you trying to change it? Well, I mean, he, he definitely wanted to make the best possible Nomos record, mm-hmm. but, like, basically, like, what he did was made sure that we played what we wrote amazing mm-hmm. you know like if you listen to our old records like now i can hear like slop on all of our parts but well, you know may- some... maybe little things that we would have just been like ah fuck it no big deal right but there was none of that with him like yeah. him he was just like no you play this perfect right now motherfucker yeah, <laughs> and, but I mean the the result is undeniable. But I mean, that's the, the but that's like the sound part of it. Like you know, it's he's not like saying, well, yeah. it's not like Ross Robinson trying to change Machine Head into corn. You know, right? It's yeah, like, <laughs> like there was there was there wasn't anything like he polished a turd. The, the only thing he really played on the, was when we had told him to. I think it was just because we were like just burnt out. Was when we told him to like we want the record to start off sounding like hell awaits. Mm-hmm. So like the little. 10 second intro that kind of sounds like Hell Awaits. He he did that, but right. like all of the music and all of the songs, like that was all us. Like he didn't have anything to say about that other than okay, you played it good that time. So, yeah, well, judging by the way it came out, it sounds fucking amazing. So, definitely got your money's worth there. Which brings me uh, to add on to that because we talked about Maryland Death Fest this year, which is next week, in fact. Uh, I had been kind of pushing for you guys to be on that for quite a while. And then finally when it happened in 2019, I'm like, yes. And, of course, the pandemic happened, and then we had to wait. A couple years. And I'm like, am I really going to die before this happens? Because this is like I've been waiting for this fucking forever. So how did that come up? Because, like, I guess do bands have to pay their way in to play this? Or do you get invited? So that actually... Okay, so... We got the confirmation that we were on Maryland Death Fest, like, like even before the last Laugh EP came out. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we hadn't even done, like, the tour for Last Laugh. And I just remember, like, just taking a shot. Like, I emailed the uh, Ryan from MDF, and I was like, hey, I play in a band called Nomos. We would love an opportunity to play at MDF. 
Um, but they had heard of us. Like, they had known about what we were doing. Right. And he wrote back, and he was just like, sounds good to me, man, you're on. And it was as easy as that. Like, I just reached out and was like, hey, would be interested in playing. And like, and then, and then you know, like, a couple months afterwards, like, we had played with uh, Evans. Uh, Evans, the other organizer, we played with other, And so, like, we had talked to him, so I got to know Evan. And, like, yeah, so they, like, they knew what we were doing. Like, they knew that, like, we would be, like, an asset to the festival. And it, it was it was as easy as that. And every time that the fest got scheduled, they would hit me up and be like, you still want to be on it? And I'm like, yeah, we're good. Well, we'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Like, you tell us when and where, we'll be there. Calendar's open. Now, you guys are all excited for this? Yeah. Oh, On yeah. second yeah. thought, the most prestigious death metal festival in the country. <laughs> Possibly the last. Well, uh, no, we're stoked. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I think, especially considering it might be the last one. Yeah, that's you know that's 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 almost a bigger thing right there. It, it was definitely like a bucket list thing for me oh, personally. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's a big big milestone for me personally as well. I was uh, a stagehand at Death Fest from like 2011 to 2013. So I was I built the stages on Edison lot with all those guys just to get a free ticket in. I got to take a shot. Shot time. Woo! Uh, and I met a lot of cool people and. Uh, you know, learned how to be a stagehand through Death Fest, you know. Um, then I ended up teching uh, in 2018, or, yeah, 18, which is really cool. I never thought I'd be able to play, and the, the show was booked before I was even in the band. Right. So then I get to join this band, now I get to play this fest that I always worked for. It's like so, a dream come true. Yeah, it's, it's, it all comes full circle. <laughs> and uh, a little tear comes to my eyes, I get a little wispy when I think about it. So... Yeah, my, 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 the company that I work for actually, like, provides all the backline for the festival. So, like, that's same boat. Work, working it, but not playing it. Yeah, Always wanted to. We worked right. our way up to, to working some more. <laughs> that's how it is. There's Roger sleeping. Nah, my, my family is texting me. I'm just fucking with you. How do you feel, man? You ready for this shit? He's singling you out. <laughs> yeah, I am ready. My favorite singer, my favorite band. Saying that, I know that you're biased. I just don't know what you're talking about. I know that you're biased. All right, let's get back into some of your uh, new stuff. We have interrogation, as well as I guess that seems to be the song that everybody likes. That what was that? Your second or third single? Second Second single. single. Yeah, I like that song. That song has a lot of fucking plays on Spotify. Jesus Christ! That's because it rips. They all rip. I just think that people subconsciously love Slayer, so when they hear Slayer. that song, they're like, yeah. "Well, you guys, they did not get it till later because you guys draw a lot of different influences, so it makes yeah. sense." Well, quite a bit. Sudor Frio. I have no idea if I pronounced that right. That was pretty close. Yeah. Mal de Ojo. Mal de Ojo. Okay. I'm just not pronouncing it in a way. Yes. Gringo. The older stuff. We have Victim of Circumstance. Blood work. I know that's like one of your favorite tracks. Funny thing about yeah. blood work, we actually recorded that in the sessions for the new album. Did, did that not make it? the cut? It, it, it didn't, didn't make, make the cut. cut. You know it didn't, bitch. <laughs> I, I kept thinking it was on the album, but it, it's it's. You should think they just gave it a different oh, yeah. name. <laughs> blood work, baby. It's Wait, one. Of, it's one it? of the two. Bass, the one of the two B sides. Yeah. And um, hopefully, something comes up where the re-recording of blood work comes out because. 
the re-recording fucking rips, dude. So are you guys gonna end up doing like a B-side EP or something? No, but there there is two B-sides off of this album. Um, oh, which reminds me. Um, so you made a vinyl for this record. Yes. You, are you gonna make a cassette? I don't know. That's up to the label. They they told us we were, but I mean. I mean, I still need one from Last Laugh because you know. I paid for it and all, but just never received it. I thought I gave it to you what? at the pie shop. You never did. What did I give you at the pie shop? I don't know. You okay. walked downstairs with me at the pie shop and I gave you something. It wasn't that. Like, <laughs> it was something I bring it up every time I see you guys. I'm like, hey, John, no, how about I that? Swear to God, set, dude. Like, I, fucking... I just figured at this point you probably gave it to somebody else, and I'm like, that's okay. You know, it happens. Uh, last Laugh Vinyl? Uh, cassette. Because I, I had your I other have one. one. I'll give it to you. If you got it, great. No, that's not a big <laughs> deal. I thought I gave it to you at the pie shop. Because mm. I remember you followed me downstairs for something, and I gave you something. Ah, I, I was I probably remember. following you for shirts or some shit at that point. It was the package. Okay, well, I, I definitely remember giving you something at the pie shop, and that's what I thought. If Last time I saw you guys was the auto bar, and I was running the table for you, so I was, I was selling shit like left and right. If you need the I last lap ass that cassette, night. I got you. I got, I've, I've got a copy. Yeah, because I already have the other one, uh, the first one, and then I want this one. And of course, if the new one gets on cassette, I want that. But I'm gonna buy that too. But I mean, apparently, it's supposed to come out on cassette. That's what they told us. So they're pretty much taking care of all your merch part of that, at least except for the shirts and stuff. Well, no, we 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 well mostly Roger. We do our own like tour merch and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, and like our personal merch page is all like our stuff, but like. The stuff that's on the closed casket website, like that's all their stuff. So anything pertaining to the records, CDs, cassettes, anything pertaining to the record, that's all them. Like we, I mean, we're just as in the dark as anyone else about it. Right. Um, but yeah. Well, keep me a heads up on that. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, the last one of the second block is six. Oh, that's, wait, that's, that's, I remember that one. That was yeah. that. You do or don't remember it? No, <laughs> oh, you I, do? I definitely remember that. I don't remember how to play it, but I remember the song. Oh, great. Uh, and speaking of which, like, the first three of the new record, Roger, like, lyrically, what what is your inspiration in there? For... Like, Interrogation, uh, Sudor Frio, and Maldi Bojo. So, um, Which I, 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 I butcher start, every time I, I say I do, it. I'll do it backwards. So, Mal de Ojo... Mm-hmm. The, that title comes from where it means evil eye okay and um it's like a thing it's like a superstitious thing that we grew up with in my country um where like when a child is young well yeah obviously uh if someone has like a strong vision or if it's kind of weird to say it but like if they're envious of like the child for it I know it's weird to say that but if they are and a person looks at the child it could cause like the child to be sick so um well, i've heard from, the term evil eye before. yeah so it comes from that idea um and i turned it into like a whole thing kind of talking about haters how they'd be looking at you and just hating on you and so like okay. the song is pretty much like about haters and like people hating and like looking at you haters and we don't have any of that and so it's like <laughs> mal de ojo means like evil eye like it's that's the evil eye trying to like get you sick trying to look hurt at our you. organs yeah. Try to put bad juju on you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Um, we hurt our own organs. Yeah. <laughs> we, just, we do our own damage. <laughs> Mal de Ojo is one of my favorites on the new album. That song fucking rules. 
That song was yeah, like... Yeah, no, I love that song. The energy of that song live, too. Just every time we kick into it, I'm like, hell yeah. That... Salvation. When we wrote <laughs> that song, I firmly believe that that was the turning point in the record. Because that was like... I remember we had wrote like four, five songs. And then we took a couple months of not writing. And then that was like the first one like we... And that was one of the ones that the three of us had wrote together in the same room. And like we just like banged the fuck out, all three of us. And and I think that that song was like a turning point for the record. So did you have everything pretty much ready to go by the time you got out there? Were you still doing some writing while you were out there? No. Uh, when we when we got to California to record the record, everything was written. I mean, it was like it was like a. I, I was still running through a couple like fills and uh, like last minute drum parts one because I'm lazy but you know that's that's just how it goes you know like it, it, it's it's the difference between 98% and 100% you know like, yeah but it's, but, but it's the, the garnish on the plate baby it's, it needs to be there the, 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 the structures were definitely done <laughs> right you know there was like I remember like some vocal patterns that changed there was like some little like guitar tails that we just kind of changed like me and pat changed up a little bit and uh like little things but the 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 skeletons were there like when we when we mm -hmm. went to california to record um like every single song was written and uh and that was fucking hard i mean we yeah. we were writing yeah. shit up until like three days before we left for california we were changing yeah. titles and shit so. yeah i mean we we were literally yeah. coming coming up with song titles yeah. in the studio yeah yeah that's why I was is that always like the hardest thing to just come up with the titles themselves I feel like I think for us it is because like I think that like we all tend to overthink things more than we should right and that's kind of like that was also one of the big helps with Taylor is like when we kind of just started throwing out multiple ideas that we had had for things and he was like that's a good one that's a good one that's a good one you know what I mean? Like, he helped us kind of, like, narrow down what was our better ideas. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's get into it. Here's some interrogation from the new record. Yeah. Oh, 
anuses at this point in my life were that they were these noodly things that hung between a guy's legs. They pee from them, and you shouldn't look at your cousin JD's when you guys are getting changed to go swimming. Like, that's all the information I had about penises. And now, one's gonna go in my mouth? Okay, I knew that sex was a thing. A penis would go in my vagina someday. But that was... It's my vagina. Like, I don't have taste buds down there, or whatever. <laughs> like, stick whatever you want down there. I can't taste it, okay? So I was like, who cares about my vagina? But my mouth? That's where candy goes. Like, I can't believe you would put a dick there. I was devastated. And you, like, you, you kind of go, maybe I don't have to do it. Maybe it's something that not every girl does. And then you realize it's kind of your destiny as a woman. Like, you're gonna do it. You know what I realized you have to do it is when I found out it was one of the bases. Because I, I knew home plate was sex. And if I ever wanted to have sex because I wanted to, I don't know, make a family someday, I was gonna have to... You can't skip a base. If you want kids, you're gonna have to suck some dicks on the way to those kids. <laughs> That's the last thing my kids want me doing.
Alright, we are back. That was Five. six, not seven. That was six. <laughs> oh! Seems to be ongoing debate about that song. Have you ever had like a, a song that you had to change titles at some point? Uh, like after you put it to record once, did it uh, change titles? Yeah, so some of the, the oh, first yeah. ones on, on our, our first EP, which is Like, Brutality yeah, okay. originally was on Foreign Threat as three. Yeah. Oh, okay. But uh, the first four songs on Foreign Threat, they had titles, but we ended up last minute changing all of them to Roman numerals. Right. But they all had titles, so when we brought back three, we were like, can. Well, I was actually like. Hey, I, I really like the title I had for it. Can we just use it? And I'm glad we did, because Police Brutality. Very cool. <laughs> so when it comes to the writing process, uh, now that you're complete, how, how, does it, how do you go about doing it? How, how does it work? With Depends on a song. You know, uh, so, so sometimes we're just in the mood to go, and it'll, it'll be me, Roger, and Henry just like, just hash <laughs> shit out. Sometimes it'll be me coming in with a bunch of riffs and being like, "Hey Henry, come on, let, let, let's put this together." Uh, it, it it really depends on the song, mm-hmm. you know. Like I would I would say a lot of the a lot of the album was like riffs that I brought into it, but then once I brought riffs into it, like me and Henry would work on it and change it around, rearrange it and shit like that. Then there was like songs that Henry had like drum sections written for that I filled the riffs on. I mean, it, it, it's really very uh, it dependent on what song you're asking about. Does it go in stages? Like, do you come up with a riff or does Patrick or Henry and then Roger comes in later or how's that? Ooh, I have something to add to that. Okay. Uh, Fuck You was the fastest song we ever wrote. And yeah, wasn't the, it? The, like, n- not tempo, but like. Oh, not tempo. Fuck You like, was the song that I came in me, with that you guys were like, we shouldn't do this. And I talked you guys into doing it. And but it ended when, up being one of our biggest hits. What, I, remember I, when, remember I remember when they finally got you, into the you're groove. You were on. When they finally got into the groove, though, and they had the instrumental down, and I was there, like, watching the whole process. So I was thinking about stuff, you know, just kind of like getting, and I was, I probably felt some kind of way. So when they started playing it, like the lyrics to fuck you, I wrote them probably like, I wrote like 70% of them in like five minutes. And then I went back and solidified. And of course, like the next day, making sure that's still what I want to be on there. And yeah, that was, that was at least as I would say as a whole. That was probably like the fastest song we wrote. I wrote the end uh, in the. Are you talking about like the quickest to come together or yeah, like our yeah, fastest? Yeah, yeah quickest. No, 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 not speed, not like. Our oh, okay. Because I was about to be like, "Are you fucking that's, kidding that's, me?" That's, that's, one, no, of our, no, no, that's no. one of our slowest songs. But yeah, <laughs> that's a ballad. <laughs> well, that that song was like just a bunch of riffs that I had, and like I I like I kept telling them I was like, "Here, I've got like this like Napalm Death Sepultura type thing," and they fucking hated it. Like they were like no, I was like nah, come on, come on, just come on, go with it, go it with it, have go blast with beats. Yeah, with right. That was, I mean, honestly, that song was another turning yeah, point th- for this, us. Th- this uh, f- fuck you was like one of the first songs uh, that we that was introduced that was not of the like super like in your face. Yeah, but man, like. It hits, bro. Like yeah, we I mean, we love playing it, and like 
when it when it locks, it locks, and it, it's. I just I just got to go on record and say I was right. Yes, yes. Uh, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> I was right. <laughs> I get because a lot of the Reyes Del Mal record is so fast. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just so like that record is so relentless and. Uh, and I remember when we were putting that together, that was one of the last ones we did. I remember, like, the biggest reason that, like, I had brought that song to the table was because I was like, this record needs a break. I was like, this 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 record needs a break in the middle of it just because everything is just so, like, ah! And, you know, that was... It was a hard sell at first, but now, like, now we do shit that's even more, you know thrashy and shit like that and yes even if your album is nine minutes long you still need a break yeah like (laughs) like i mean just having like a fun like sing-along break in the middle to like it 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 makes everything just a little better you know and that that was contrast you know shit i mean even like fucking napalm records from back in the day they would always have that one like mid-paced grooving song Mm mm-hmm and we just basically took like the napalm length and the sepultura riffing and that's how that song came about and it, and that song was a turning point for our band now i've always been curious about that i don't think i really asked anybody about it before uh so you had like previous material out there you had like the demo work and stuff like that why do bands not go and make actual records of those? Like, is it just because so much time passes that you feel like you've grown as artists that you want to just create yeah. your music? Yes, that. It, also, it, money. A lot of it has to do with the growth of of yourself as an artist, and just like just work working into yourself and what it is you're you're trying to sound like and achieve. That, but that's, that is a so basically when you came to the new record you're like yeah we're, we're proud of this stuff we've done but we've kind of grown from that so we want to try what we're right now with the record that you put well, out there also so you can hear it first here because this kind of pertains to all of our old stuff mm-hmm. me and Roger for the last year have been talking about starting our own label to, to release things like our back catalog uh, bands that we like and everything so we we We've, we're coming very close to doing that and one of the first things that we're going to do is re-release our entire back catalog what's it going to be called? Anti-Capital bro yeah we've been talking about this for like a year mm-hmm. so and that, and that's you know we're going to start off with releasing our back catalog and then if there's bands that come along that we are you guys looking really for like, a third party? I would love. It. I've been dreaming of doing a label, but I just have no idea how to go about it. An intern, maybe. Wow, <laughs> actually, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, that's. I mean, I don't know how to do it. Like that's. I've been asking people. Yeah, for we it. don't know how to do it either. We just like, we we just mostly <laughs> mostly mostly we talked about it to be able to release. We wanted to be able to release all of our old records and make sure that everyone in the band gets the cut for it. Right. You know, like we we, we didn't want. A middleman, you know, like we. Uh, well, the beauty for me is I don't need anything from it. I just want to be involved because. Yeah. You let's know, talk. For me, it's like. It's really at the end of the day. Yeah, it's for like it's to make 
things easier for everyone. Well, that. But, you know, eventually, if we come across a band that, you know, me and Roger think are incredible, right? then maybe we'll put something out yeah. for them. Maybe we won't. Because you guys do come across bands all the time. I mean, the one there, band Needles that you played with. Oh, yeah, there's so much talent. Like Delirium Nerve. Right. I mean, sure. that, shout out that to the homies is, Delirium Nerve. Because there are a lot of unsigned acts out there. It's like, you know, yeah, obviously you can't true. just sign everybody because that can be kind of expensive, yeah. but. Some J-pop going, you know? Yeah, but I mean, it, it, <laughs> it's, about, it's about having a place baby where, metal. It's about having a place where it's all there. You're right. yeah. bringing it together, make it all easy for everyone. And with him doing merch resources. and you know, like me handling a lot of business, like we've been talking about yeah. for like a year, like well, that, and that's the know, thing. Like, man, the first just... thing we should do is you know maybe uh, create our own label so that we can release our own shit. Right. And you know, like, well, like why why get a label? To release our back catalog and take half the money when me and him can do it ourselves and then the take four of us money. can split the money right you know like not not to say that the shit's all about money but like but bro, like we're not metallica here we're not fucking right we're you know what i mean like yeah. uh, us us being successful is and that's happened like, more and more over the years because you know you get rid of some of these bigger labels that were eating chunks of these bands like you know <laughs> Interscope <laughs> well Earache did so much in the early 90s that was great but you hear the horror stories of like bands like Napalm they're yeah. like dude man, they ripped us off like it's yeah. it's just horrible like so cutting out a lot of that stuff in the middle man you know that's the way to go now speaking of uh, inspirations to your musical style Woo! you brought up Slayer we talked about Napalm a little bit is there any like I know there's like a lot of old school bands that influence you guys. What about anything in the new scene that might influence you a little bit? Ooh, the new scene. The new scene. Uh, trap music is like, <laughs> it's really funny, but like, uh, I listen to a lot of like trap music, old school hip hop, and surprisingly, like, yeah, that does influence some of like my writing patterns. At least I could personally say. Um, so I think. There's some bands, uh, some newer bands that I really like that I hadn't heard of when we did the record, but I think that they're going to be a big influence uh, on my writing uh, on the new record, but like uh, Drain from California. Dude, they're fucking sweet. Oh, yeah. Oh, the man. hardcore influences. Oh, that's dude, a fun record, dude. I, that that, really that record, record, I yeah. cannot stop listening to that it's album. So good. I feel um, like, yeah. I feel I, like, yeah, for sure. I feel like those guys come from a similar background to us, but they're just doing it slightly. And Taylor produced the record. Oh, really? He's producing their yeah. new record. Um, but I, like, I've been listening to shit like that a lot. And, you know, Same. like, since being signed to Closed Casket, I've been listening to a lot of Closed Casket bands like Unreal City. Unreal City's tight. That shit is so fucking good. And, like, so I think that, like, a little bit of that stuff's probably going to make their way in the record. But in terms of, uh, <laughs> you know, the last record, that was very much like a, you know, kind of like a, a thing that we kind of just grew up with. Type of influence. I I think it's really cool that the four of us together, like we all, with our influ musical influences, we can all kind of meet together at a center point, which is, it basically comes down to is it good or bad? Thrash metal, classic death metal, and like a, 
badass black metal. Like, you know, like we all kind of we all kind of meet at that center point, but each of us individually have our extreme outliers that also come into play. Yeah, right. that that's a really good way to put it, for sure. Yeah. Now I'm going to put you guys on the spot a little bit. Um favorite guitarist that inspired you? I mean, are we talking solos or are we talking about guitar players that influenced what I do in Nomos? All time, like, because you, you know, obviously. Well, I mean, obviously, like, George Lynch is, like, one of my number ones. Jakey Lee would be, like, a number two, but obviously, what those guys do don't really apply to what Nomos does. So, like, in terms of Nomos, it would be Jeff. Yeah, I don't think it has to be with the particular style. Like, I just think with your particular musicianship as a guitarist, like, who you just label, you know, George Lynch, Jakey Lee would be my two favorite. Okay. uh, but I will answer anyway. In, in terms of uh, no must, uh Jeff Hanneman, Max Cavalera, okay, would be my two for this band. Roger, uh, my favorite guitarist. Well, no, I want your favorite singer. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting off the hook, no, Dave. Uh, so I would say, like performance-wise, it would be James Dave. Brown and HR from Bad Brains. Okay. Uh, and then like he rehearsed this. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just like that's no, that's, what, shit. that's like literally what it is, yeah. Um, and then I would say like sound style wise, like the way I'm, like who I would try to mimic all the time. I started mimicking uh, Bloodbath a lot when I started, but once I figured out which direction I wanted to go, uh, Phil Bozeman and Mitch Lucker. Okay. And didn't 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 Trevor Black Dolly murder So that that's another thing. Um, when the first show I ever and Corey went to, Taylor, right, exactly. Yeah. The, the, the first show I ever went to was um, what was it? Mayhem Fest, and Slayer was headlining with Marilyn Manson. But uh, Black Dahlia Murder was like one of the first bands to like open that up, and that was my first time seeing that. But I went to that show knowing you know about Whitechapel and right. Mitch Lucker. Like that's what I got into. Once I started my first band and really got into vocals yeah i did look a lot into uh trevor and uh i can actually see that actually yeah, it's the highs because he does the, the mixture between rough and very yeah uh, his transitions are fucking crazy like the way he would just jump from one pitch to the other right. honestly son like not a lot of people could do it like that and yeah my like starting up back in the day in my first band i remember like listening to black dahlia like sitting in my room trying to do covers absolutely and shit. They, they, they they were like yeah. one i was a late bloomer i guess you could say I, black dahlia murder was one of the first death metal bands that like oh like yeah. death metal yeah sweet so what about you henry drummer wise drummers um i have to give mad respect and props to Kevin Talley. Great drummer. Uh, lo- local. Well, it, he. When, when, once I was paying attention, he was local, and then not long after, he wasn't even local anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, Ke- Kevin Talley, he played for Dying Fetus uh, back in the day, you know, the Killing on Adrenaline and Destroyed the Opposition Records. And he. I dare say, he brought the feel to what became known as like the Maryland death metal sound between him, Jason Netherton and uh, John Gallagher of all from fetus at the time. Like 
they they created the Maryland death metal sound. Right. And you know, I, I discovered just off point. I discovered something recently. I did not even know that "Streaks of Blood" was a cover. Uh. <laughs> I did not know that like, until I, I forget who the original band was. But I was like going through YouTube and I was like, "Wait a minute!" So I started listening to. It, I was like, "This is a fucking cover." Did not know that. Oh wow! Yeah, it's pretty wild when you discover shit like this. I'm like, I always thought that was a Dying Fetus original. So John probably knows uh, who who wrote it. Probably. Say what song was it again? "Streaks of Blood." Drinks of blood. Gee, what what album was that on? The very first one. Um, with the, in, with the Cannibal Holocaust. With, uh, with, with Malevolence? Was that the first one? Maybe. But there's also this, like, this corny song where he's imitating like a kid or something in one of the songs. I, I have it up there somewhere. It's oh, the record's it may, in you, there. you might be talking about Purification Through Violence. I think that's it. Yeah. I believe that was the second one. But anyways. Hey, John. We're... Shut up, James. Yeah. No. I- <laughs> John has the answer. Streaks of Blood Fetus. Who's the original uh, band of that? Baphomet. Okay. New York. Thank you. Yep, that was it. There it is. Oh, yeah. I did not know that was a cover initially. That's what I was telling these guys. Oh, no. That, that, the Baphomet original version of that fucking cranks, too. Yeah. I, I just heard it the other day when I was on YouTube. I was like, I didn't know it was a fucking cover. <laughs> Patrick. Your inspiration, sir, is a bassist. Bass. For this band, um, of course, when I first started doing it, it would be like Cliff Burton. Um, Great choice. That's just like the guy. So fucking underrated. Hell yeah. But then and you also me not yelling at him. <laughs> Have you ever listened to Battery with the bass solo? Oh, man. Wow. I tell people all the time, sorry, like, I, I if you look back you. now, a lot of people thought that Master of Puppets was kind of boring. I was trying to be funny. It was bad. No, no. But I saw that I'm kind of almost like a... It's not totally prog, but you can just hear some of it. And Cliff is a big reason behind that I writing. Mean, he wrote all the guitarists. Yep. Much, so. um, other than, you know, Cliff, but of course he plays fingerstyle. I play with a uh, pick. <laughs> You know, in this, uh, was that funny? (laughs) (laughs) It is now. (laughs) Fingers. We actually had someone try to play uh, with their fingers once in our band. I'm not going to name which bass player, but it was it was bad. Well, well, so like uh, I had to get into the thought, like the school thought of uh, playing with a pick, right? For this band, because it's too fast. So uh, I was like, like, (laughs) uh, like Didi from Overkill, his tone. Is something that I thought was really important. Yeah. Uh, Frank Bello from Anthrax, uh, another one. Yes. Then we would do uh, Harley Flanagan from the Cro-Mags. That's, oh, wow. that's a big one for me in this band. Uh, I, I totally I took from the first two that I mentioned, or the second. I'm sorry, the second set. Uh, stylistically, with the percussiveness of Harley Flanagan, with the tone of like Dee Dee and uh, and Frank Bello. So. Y'all see why we love them. He's awesome. What what other bass players that you hear like actually like talk Sorry. about like being a musician? That plus he he actually knows, and he named drop Frank Bello. That was sick. He knows that he goes well. He knows the history too. So it's like he not just his influence, but he's like he knows everything about them. You gotta study. Gotta, yeah. yeah, study high, get high scores. We 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 got stuff. really fucking lucky with this one. Ah, <laughs> All right, we're going to get back to some more of your music. Uh, the first hey. three tracks we've got playing come from the new record, Arson Repent. Ciego, uh, oh, is that right? Ciego. Yeah, yeah, you got it, yeah, yeah. Ascencia de Luz. Oh, my God, yes. 
You got it. Did I? Oh, Ausencia good. Ausencia de Luz, yeah. Okay, and then uh, some old classics. Uh, <laughs> I got to love this. La Muerte No Tien Diad. La Muerte No Tiene Edad. Oh, yeah. When Death Had No Age, right? Yeah, that, Death Has No Age, yeah. yeah. Vanity. My mom actually kind of like made that title low-key. Dude, that's, that's great. She said it to me one time after I got arrested. So <laughs> <laughs> she was pissed off. It, like, it, like, it resonated. It all comes <laughs> out now. It resonated with me. It yeah, stuck now around. Can, now I can say this because I'm not on probation. No must tell all. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and it resonated with me, and I was just like, oh, no, this is use more this like a behind time. the music. <laughs> I was like, we gotta use that's this. The, that's the and then we got vanity and verbal abuse. Verbal abuse, that's the hard one. That's the one I hate playing live. I wash my hands. Is it too yeah, hard? exactly. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> Gotta wash my hands of this. Enjoy. All right, here we go. Arson repent from the new record.
you're Vietnamese? Just out of curiosity, what's your last name? Oh. Oh. Don't you ever upstage me again, ho. Don't you ever be funnier than me, ho. How dare you? This is my Netflix special, ho! What, what's your first name? What's your first name? Tran. You, is your real name Tran? Is your first name Tran? My wife's fucking first name is Tran. My wife's fucking first name is Tran fucking Ho. What do you do for a living? And if you say doctor, I'm gonna fuck myself, all right? You're not a doctor, right? Fuck me. What the fuck is your last, what's your, your last, are you fucking kidding me? Your last name is fucking Ho? Fuck you hoes, all right? Fuck the hoes. Someone in the back is fucking with me right now. Cause there's hoes to the left of me, hoes to the right of me. And my real life wife ho is in the fucking back. This is like, are you fucking kidding me? This is a bizarro how you... Insanity was not a breaking away from reality, but rather a very complex series of obsessions.
sick, ridiculous puppets we are, and what a gross little stage we dance on. What fun we have, dancing, fucking, not a care in the world, not knowing that we are nothing. We are not what was intended. You know, I, I often think that it's like it's something that can't be avoided, really. That's Even if it's not done on purpose, but dude, it's not like we all like we all listen to music. We subconsciously right. We get shit in our head. History if we're is a right, fable agreed upon. That's what Benjamin Franklin said. I'm just kidding. You know, like sometimes Hitler said that. Oh my god. Sometimes when you're writing, like shit in your subconscious just comes out, and then like. Later, you'll realize, like, oh, that sounds kind of similar to this type of riff. I mean, like, there's great bands where, like, you know, like, I mean, Sepultura, the mm-hmm. song Arise. It's one of my favorite albums ever, but, like, the first song on that album sounds, like, very much like Blackened. They probably didn't rip it off. No. They They probably just really liked Metallica. Right. You know, and it's just, like, so sometimes when... You know, you listen to shit, and it just it, it gets embedded in you, and then you're writing like it comes out. So, yeah, and I think that happens more than people it, want to admit. It, but a lot of times, people are like as, so defensive. As, as they say, imitation is a form of flattery. Yeah, I mean, but you know, like when we're writing songs, like we've never like looked at each other and like, yo, let's just take that riff. Oh fuck no! You know like, what I mean? Like, like, we, it, very much the opposite. It's like. Damn, I hope this doesn't sound too much like right such like, and such. Like, but have you ever like sometimes? I mean, I'm not a musician, obviously, but 
I remember sometimes I'll listen to a song, it doesn't matter what band or artist is, and I say, well, damn, if you took this riff and just sped it up, it would sound different. It would sound similar, but different, and it'd be cool. Or if you took this riff that's really fast and slowed it down. Well, that's always the case. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, but do you guys ever kind of say to yourself, like, we really like this riff, but we don't want to plagiarize, so if we change it up enough and no. do different things, you don't ever do that. Wait, okay? Wasn't Six sort of like that? No, um... Police brutality. Um, that was a uh, the the song Police Brutality by us. That um, I was listening to the Nail Bomb record Point Blank a lot. So good. So like when we wrote that, when like I brought that riff to the table, I wasn't thinking about that. Mm-hmm. But then like after both songs were recorded, uh-huh. I could look back and like look at the the first song on the Nail Bomb record and be like, oh, that's kind of similar. That's kind of how it goes sometimes, you know. Like, like I said, if you listen to something a lot, and, and then like it really inspires you, like it comes out in your writing. Like the song "Rabia" by us. Mm-hmm. On record, when it comes out, it sounds a lot like "Napalm Death." Uh, it sounds like "Suffer the Children." A few people have said that. When I was writing that riff, I was like more like. Uh, I was thinking more of an anthrax type of thing. Uh, the song Gung Ho. Mm-hmm. You know, like, a, you know, I, I, um, so it, it's, it's just weird Which how shit works out. It's Napalm Death after it was Yeah, written. like, it's, it, it's mm-hmm. not intentional, but, like, it's one of them things where, like, when you hear it back and it's like, oh, this kind of sounds like Napalm Death, it's like, well, you're not going to get, like, mad about it because, like, these are bands that do, like, influence us. Right. I was trying to. I was thinking of like that suck when I wrote that. I was trying to do it. I was trying to do the low the suck thing. I was like, this song needs lows. Yeah, like I mean, there there's never been an instance Does where we're writing that? a song and we're just like, yo, Does we need to make like, a part or a song that sounds like this band or this part. I do remember some years ago you always laugh at me because I remember shit, but you were still with Summer's End long ago, and. uh but you had mentioned that one of the riffs <laughs> that you had sound like Meshuggah at the time. And I think it's just because it was a band you probably listened to a little bit at the time, too. But uh... No, I mean, sometimes sometimes people that are writing songs all like the same shit. Like, sometimes it really is just great minds think alike, mm-hmm. you know? And um, it, it's not... You, you can tell the bands that will listen to something and blatantly try and copy it. Right. And then you can tell the bands that are just, like, influenced by something. And I like to think that, like, you can hear our influences, but, like, I don't think that there's, like, one band that anybody could say, no ma sounds like this band. Right. You know, like, I, like I think that we... Lady Gaga. We the rest changed too quickly. Oh, it, I, it, if only... We, we, we have, have our own like thing. Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. Now I'm trying like to be serious. You oh, guys wait. are being bamas. <laughs> <laughs> They're feeling I, good. I, 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 no, you're I, right, though. You're right. I, we, 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 we've thought about this and said this before. Like, in, in the initial process, in the initial process of lots of bands and projects, sure, like, wouldn't it be cool if we sounded like this and this? And this, you know, and that—that's—that's kind of how a lot, a lot of bands start, 
you know, and we'd be lying if we didn't, if we weren't saying that we kind of started that way, but, like, the 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 self comes through every time, mm-hmm. you know, like, our, our, our background of all the crazy individualistic unique things that make us individuals and unique come through you start to build your own identity yeah like i i would say like our four and thread ep Mm -hmm. when we were writing that like we were kind of in a mindset where we didn't take the band very seriously at that point like it was just kind of something that we were like like we never really put a lot of thought into this band from the beginning you know like it was just like kind of you know whatever this is cool something to do it was just how it, we felt too it, it, yeah it was just how we, we really, felt we really just felt that way so like yeah on like the foreign thread ep like there was like kind of parts where you know it was like oh, okay well let's 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 have the guitars have the hm2 pedal like this kind of thing or like there was like little things like that but like once we started writing for Reyes Del Mal, that's why, like, we always talk about how, like, Reyes Del Mal was, like, uh, yeah. the, the game changer for us. Like, that was when we became ourselves. Yeah, and, like, for Foreign Threat, it, we were listening to a lot of Nails and Magruder Grind. Like, we're right. rot. and Rotten Sound. Shout out to all of those bands. Yeah. Yeah. Tank Yo. Like... <laughs> just throwing that in there. Just the raw hip hop, just right. the, the delivery to the vocals. Speaking of which, your setup for guitars. Like, what is your setups that you guys have? Hey man, um, Mesa Boogie, Jackson guitars, Mesa Boogie amps, Seymour Duncan pickups. If you got those three things. And you pick hard, you can sound like me. Hey, see us, Jackson and Mesa. See us. We're getting yeah. there. We're getting there. <laughs> Henry, what about you? Also, shout out to Ernie Ball for giving Drumming us an kit. endorsement when people had no idea who we were. You talking about gear? Yeah. Gear? Drums. My my gamer tag, my, a, my AIM, <laughs> screen name from when I was a wee lad, my Pearl Dude. I love pearl drums. I love I love the thin burt shells from back in the day, the the deep thin burt shells of the Masters and Export series. Mm. I'm about that. Mwah. You know, um, I love peisty cymbals. Oh, <laughs> Thank oh, <gee>. you, please. <laughs> but you know, setup I was a Zildjian at the time. I will say. My homie Steve Morrison, Stevo, he he is a he's a master drum tech, backline technician. He is a master drum maker. He's he's Tommy Lee's drum tech. He tech for a, Joey Jordison. He was the guy that got us into Rob Zombie Maryland. Yeah, yeah. He tech Yo, for that shit ruled. Mm. When was that? It was like two years ago. It was pre-COVID. I I met this man on a Queen Latifah gig. Yeah. He he did uh, he did all the backline for the voice and all that, you know. I he made me my snare drum. The uh, one 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 of a kind, you know. Like I I I, I love that. I, I will I will that's have this snare drum until I die. Right? Yes yes yeah. it is. It's and, a fucking and good brilliant snare. and 
Mind you, the snare drum is where the drummer gets all of the personality out into the world. That's that's where the dynamics and like the all the personality comes out into the world. Shout out Steve O, you the man. Steve O. Steve's awesome. Steve Patrick. Uh, on the record I used a Mesa four hundred plus. Um, Taylor also used a trainer, this little trainer combo from the 70s on the side that gave most of the uh, distortion to it, which sounds fucking sick because you got the big, clean, low end of the Mesa 400 Plus with this uh, really high-end distortion uh, crunch from this trainer. Uh, live, I kind of settle in the middle uh, with the dark glass. I use a dark glass um, Alpha Omega head and any A10 that I can get. Uh, and uh, Charvel bass with EMG pickups. Charvel, Ac active, uh, active EMG pickups on that. That bass it's, is it's, so it's, sick. It's the it's yeah. the glue. It's the glue, baby. Dude, those those pickups <laughs> though. People look at EMGs and they laugh, but the active EMGs in a bass, the P PJ set, is so fucking good. It's it's. Cheers great. to Jackson and Charvel. Woo! The, the sound of hey. our fucking band. <laughs> Literally, the sound of our band, Jackson and Charvel. Look out! Any special mics for you, Roger? Or are you just kind of like a sure bare bones kind of guy? Sure, send fifty-eight. Yeah. Hey, and I if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> get one like every six months because I move too much on stage. But yeah. Oh, that's good though. That's, yeah, you you should too. I often tell people like <laughs> when they ask me about you guys, they're like, "Well, what are they like live?" Said so you have to see them. You just have to see them. It's, it's an experience fun. that you will never forget. It's Even so people that don't like us seem to like us live. My so knees will never thing. forgive me. That's part of the thing. That's you know we were talking about with Trevor how it impacts yeah. how you proceed on stage. Like there are bands that might be good on record, but if they don't have any live presence, I would rather be better live than be good on record and suck live you know what i mean like i mean right. that's a whole that's Absolutely. a whole school of thought yeah, I, so. I would much rather just be like known for being a killer live band yeah and then whatever you think about our records fuck it who cares yeah are you familiar with uh like jay retard no that's You're canceled uh, that that's that's way well that's that's the stage name but he's like a matador sign well he's dead now but He's like a uh, like a punk guy, right? Mm -hmm. But his albums are very polished. They're very they're, they're kind of like mid tempo, but live his ethos was making it like really fast and really destructive, and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Well, you couldn't tell that he was the same guy playing live on, on the record. Hmm. Uh, and you know, if you could catch one of his live shows, like it was just so destructive. I feel like we kind of get give that, you know. No, uh, most people energy. don't know what no, most people don't know what ethos means. Oh, <laughs> big words! I'm not even know. Uh, I'm not even sure uh, where I said that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> move on. It's fine. Uh, well, but you make sense because you guys it's, oftentimes you won't waste a lot of time talking on stage. It's like you get up there and it's business. No, we just play and we play fast and we play energy. how we feel in the moment. And I energy think it could guys, be yeah. different from how it sounds on the record. And it doesn't matter because we're playing live. Right. Like that's where what we are as a band is how we sound live on the record. That's just what it is on the record. Right. Yeah. You know, that's so. also one of the things from back in the day that's still the same about us. I mean. Even before we played our first show, I remember the three of us talking like, "Let's not talk on stage." Yeah, we don't like much banter. Like we, like we, we went to some shows, not naming any bands, and 
We're not here to they tell stories on stage. And we were just like, God, this sucks. <laughs> just play. Let the music do the speaking. And, and, and that's from when we first started, from our, like, even before our first show, that's one of the things the three of us have always, like, just talked about being like, let's, stage band let's just play. Sucks. Let's just not talk. You well, know, Roger nailed it. I mean, your music will speak for itself. And yeah. a lot of times I see some of these bands, and they're bands I really love. And I'm just Dude, like, everybody for the love of God, just play. shut the fuck up yeah. and play. Everybody <laughs> knows to tip their fucking bartender. You don't have to say right. it. Every, fu- every fucking buddy knows that you're happy to see them, that, that they're happy to be there. Like, like everybody knows this shit. Like, they like, know the drill. Like, Henry takes it at the the very last note of the show that Henry goes, we're no monster from Washington, D.C. That's all anybody needs to know. Yeah. I like to engage with uh, the people that are at the shows. Mm-hmm. So, like, any kind of stuff that I would say on stage anyway, I just tell people, like, in person, like... Yeah, that's another show. cool thing about you. You mingle. You know, you yeah. don't... Sometimes you'll disappear. I've seen that happen with yeah. Henry and Roger. Might be you two might have done it. Extreme social anxiety is a is a thing. It's why he's just like it's a time to drink. I, I gotta go. It's, it's nice seeing you, James. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it, it's yeah, a lot like up. what Henry said. Like social anxiety. Like we're not like we're all like all of us. Like we're not the cool people. You know what I mean? Like I'm we're pretty cool, but. Yeah, Not that's cool as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Pat's like the I'm mascot now. Pat's cool as shit. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just as bad. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like we 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 hang out and like, you know, like we play. Like, games, like we're stoked. We're we're stoked <laughs> to like hang out with people and stuff. But there is like days that like sometimes we just kind of retreat to like just to let like, you listeners know I'm watching these guys and they are blitzed out of fucking mind. <laughs> yeah. it's really fucking funny to well, see. I mean if we want to get real one so I fucking love it this is what's we're, so great about we're, this. We're, we're, not, we're not hiding we're not hiding because uh, I mean I feel like one of the reasons why we do that is so that we can do this <laughs> well you guys are always honest and that's what I love but we, even we, like the last time there was other shit going on that was fucking quite hilarious <laughs> we we don't we don't want to put a, a veil in front of us, you know. We we want we want to we want to be as real as we can. Yeah, dude. Like we we. One hundred. Yeah, I agree. That's and that's why I say like you gotta yeah, see yeah, these guys yeah. live. Doesn't matter what you hear on the record. Go see them because I think I think I think that's one. It's I think intense. That's one of the one oh, differences yeah. between Nomos and a lot of other bands is what we do is a hundred percent genuine. Yeah, and recognize the, the way that we act and the way that we be, mm-hmm. DC is baby, how we are. Bowling. Like, like there will never be a moment that you interact with one of us that we're pretending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like, like it, it, like you know, there, there's sometimes on tour, like if someone comes up to me and like I'm just like having like an off day, this and that, I'll say it straight off the bat, I'm like. Be like, yo, nice to meet you. Like, but I, you know, I'm having like a really off day and shit like that. Like, you know, we keep it real with people. Like, we don't, we don't fake shit. We, don't, we don't. That's a lot of times. Like, when I even go see you guys, I've known you guys quite a while, and you just got done playing. I don't spend a lot of times taking up your time because one, you're trying to load your shit up, and two, 
Roger looks like he's drenched like hell. He's tired. So, like, I'm like, Roger, man, amazing show, brother. I'm going to head out or whatever. Same with the rest of you. It's like, I don't hold you up. I know people want to talk to you because they're very curious about your music and everything. That's fine. Yeah, we, we, we look like we just walked through fucking Niagara, Niagara Falls. Yeah, <laughs> it's, we play. again, that oh, intensity oh. you guys bring to the stage performance. Niagara Falls, there, I will enunciate like, that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> after, after we play, we usually, like, we, we have, like, our own downtime that we do after we're done playing. Like, you know, Roger runs right to the merch table. Usually me, the first thing I do is fucking, like, beeline straight to the closest door so that I can just go outside get air and just be on myself get some air sometimes puke <laughs> you know like that like like every everybody it is has like that though their own the things that we have to do like after we're done playing um or puke on stage but you know like it's you know if someone comes up to us during those moments like we're usually like super real with them and we're always cool like mm-hmm I don't. I don't think I've never heard anything about anyone saying that any of us were dicks. Like, in fact, I've heard that everyone. I've never heard anything. Like that. Awesome. Not, that that's that's none of our intentions ever. You know. No, never. But, like, uh, we're super appreciative of anybody that comes to see us, and we we, we feel how we feel at 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 any given point in time, and anyone listening can understand that. So speaking of the new record, have you guys gotten any positive feedback yet through magazines or people you've come across? They all hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody hates it. Worst record ever, is that what they're telling you? Oh my god. <laughs> We're about to be cancelled. Give us some love, please. <laughs> This isn't a selling pitch. We're, we're honest. So, so far, uh, I mean, I, I've looked up a few uh, like reviews and stuff like that. They're they're few and far between, but it sounds like everybody likes it so far. Yeah, there, um, there's been very very few um, negative reactions to the record. The purists don't seem to like it too much, but there's only five of those, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, like a, a lot of the people that supported us in the early days. Mm. They seem to have a lot to say about the record. Really? Negatively or Yeah. No Which shit. Kind of weird. Yeah. But um it's me. That's on one of the alter ego. It's me. Fuck you stupid ass motherfucker sell out mother bitches. But on, but on the upside of it, I mean, there has been literally thousands of new people that have found us and just the last week alone mm. that are just, just just love it and like that's cool man like yeah. hey man like we didn't write this record to you know please certain people if you don't like it that's cool hey but we would love to meet you we would love to meet we'd love for their band you. to open for us come talk to us we would love it come talk to me John Pat Roger come they're very friendly until you take their us. beer. If you take their beer, they're gonna fuck you yeah. up. This is not a threat. <laughs> we would like to. Say, we would like to say hello. I mean, it, it's it, it <laughs> it's just another case of like a band starting to get a little more attention. Same thing that happened to Full of Hell, you know. And like when we were on tour with Full of Hell, like they for they literally told me they were like, "This is what's gonna happen to you guys." 
<laughs> like so. yeah, yeah. Well, it's always gonna come with the territory. Yeah, so it, it's it's not a big like. Uh, I mean, to be fair these. though, it, you know, there were there were a couple people that said like, oh, this is like a, a grind album for people who don't like grind. Uh, when you dig a little deeper into like what they're saying about it, it's like oh, but the bottom line is they keep saying oh, I've heard they're really great live though. Yeah, so that's true. They might not like the, and I'm one of those guys too. You know, not that's not my opinion, but I mean like. The, the production of an album is very important to me, uh, personally. Same. I, I like stuff that sounds like shit because I think it sounds real. You know, for the most part, I get so burnt out on the like really digital sounding stuff. Um, I think a lot of these people don't want to hear the sound. Maybe they think our album sounds too digital. I don't really know. Which is weird because there's nothing digital. Yeah, about I mean, it. we didn't play to a click. We I, I seen someone complaining that the drums were like sampled and beat replaced, and I was like, No, nah, it's literally not. That's nothing so on the funny. We we really it wasn't like bro, at all. Literally all. <laughs> that record was recorded so organically. People would would just not even. Well, that, I think, for, even for me, like, I couldn't tell you between digital and anything else, but, like, some people, when they look at records, they say, oh, this black metal band, this album sounds way too polished. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I mean, it's it just sounds fuller to me. It's so crystal clear. It right. sounds great. The album sounds great. Um, but, you know, live, we're a different animal. Right. And, and every time we're in a different room, it sounds it's going to sound different. Uh, every day is going to feel different, so we're going to play differently. And, and that's really just come out and see it now oftentimes you'll have different sound men too right so you're kind of at the mercy of what's who, going who on knows if, if the guy's having a good day or a bad day i mean like and given the room if in the system it's it's all there's so many variables that come into play right uh that you can't really just judge a band based off of one record sound you know because uh, we could play your basement just as well as we could play saint vitus so. <laughs> right all right, well, let's jump back into some of your newer music here. Uh, again, I'm going to need Roger for some of this. Probably Refugio. Is that how you pronounce no, it? Okay. And it's Refuge. Deny, I figure it's Refugio. Uh, Deny Disgrace and Against My Will. I love that song. And then we have from some older stuff Dwell, Burden, and Claustrophobia. Hell yeah. So here we go. It's some new stuff for you guys again. Don't 
not find me funny. I've only made him laugh one time. One time, seven Christmases ago. I was in D.C. I called my wife up. I go, yo, what do you want for Christmas? My wife's like, pajamas. That's what I heard, pajamas. She meant pajamas. I heard pajamas. She meant a pair of pajamas. Start there, Bert. I heard the plural. So I bought her seven pairs of pajamas and individually wrapped them. She had a lot of shit to open. And then sat back in the cut going, done, son. Bitch wants pajamas. Bitch got pajamas. All Christmas, I'm like, yo, open my gift. She's like, I'll get to it. I'm working with the girls. My dad's sitting next to me like, you must have killed it this year, buddy. I was like, you'll see. Finally, end of Christmas, she gets to my present. I've been talking about this present all Christmas. <laughs> Whole family gathers around. She opens the first pair, pulls them out, and just goes, oh, pajamas. <laughs> and immediately I think, fuck. <laughs> if that's her reaction to pajamas number one. I can't imagine it's going to build. My dad's drinking whiskey and eggnog and just goes, who the fuck buys someone pajamas? She opens the second pair, pulls them out and goes, oh, more pajamas. My dad looks at the five unwrapped gifts, quickly does the math and goes, oh, you're a fucking idiot. By pajamas number five, he's going flipper on me, just... Pajamas number six, the whole family's around her going, come on, pajamas. Come on, pajamas. Pajamas number seven, they are pissing themselves. Thinking, how could this get funnier? What they do not know is I've also bought my mom and sister's pajamas. You should have seen this man when my mom pulled her gift out from me and he was like, oh, it's motherfucking pajamas.
There's no Sabuka Bob. There's only Sousa. There's only Sousa. DJ Nibis, back with you with the band Nomas. Hey! Hi! What's up? Hiya! Hey! Hey! Hiya! I remember you guys did that little liner for me the last time you were here. <laughs> do you need another one? No, no, no. Uh, we'll just whatever. make Pat do it this time. Probably, but yeah. he, he always disappear on me. Like, he, he got hurt, and then he was gone. Right. And then Roger's like, woo! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was quite we'll get We'll get Pat to do the, yeah. your your new promo. Okay, let's do it. What do you want me to say? I'll do it I'll right do it right after right we're now, done. Dick. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that won't be hard. Welcome uh, to the Metal Tavern. Yeah. Radio. Hi, guys. Hoy. What you got? My name is. Oh, yeah, you should do it all like. Hello there. Very pristine, like high society. They call My me name is Pat. Hieronymus Moss. Sir Patrick <laughs> Lancelot. What you got for us, baby? So, I want to know from each one of you, like, what is your favorite concert attended and which is your favorite concert performed that you as a band? Damn. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Roger's like this game is just coming. Yeah, that is tough. I gotta I can't say, remember that means it was good. These are fucking good questions, though. Oh, dude, I wish I was better. I'm really a horrible interviewer. I'm having a great time. Dude. I'm like in my head, like I know what my favorite concert I attended was, but I'm like debating on whether I should say it out loud. Just say it well, out loud. Black Eyed Peas. It was the Black Eyed Peas, wasn't it? Really, you can't go wrong. <laughs> it can't be worse than that. Mine was, I was in high school. No doubt. 1996 was Marilyn Manson at the 930 Club. God damn, you're old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's hey, one you know, my first concert. Other, other than the things that have come out about Marilyn Manson, that was the other reason why I didn't want to mention that. He was a good person in 1996. Well, we, we've had this discussion him. before, he though. You can separate the artist from the art. Yeah, but what he did was really tell that to Burzum fans. Well, it's well same thing. I mean, like, yeah. I don't listen to much Burzum, but there's a couple tracks that I don't mind. They're instrumentals, granted. But, but I mean, like, canceled. you know, all of that bullshit aside, like, when when I was like a 15 year old kid and I took the Metro to the 9:30 Club, mm-hmm. and that was like, that was like right before he got so big that he had to start playing like arenas and shit. Was that during the Antichrist Superstar it, it period? Was, it was the first week that Antichrist came out. That's crazy. But that's like a phenomenon. And, and it was like, like the place was, pa- I mean, and it was like, it was so loud. And he was like doing the same stage show that he did in like arenas like after that. And it was just like, I mean, still to this day, like every time someone asks me what's the best concert I've ever seen was, like I immediately like go to that. I mean, that's like the like, last. It was it was fucking incredible. That's like the last like rock and roll revolution yeah. style. It, it you was know, like live performance. Yeah. It it was it was <laughs> it was nothing that I've ever seen since then has topped that. And wow. I I just I hope I don't get canceled for saying yeah, that. Yeah, you, you can't get canceled for going to a show in 1996. Well, you never know happened. these days. Yeah, I saw Sabbath and I was doing drugs with my friends. Oh there, wow! And that was fucking sick. Was it? Uh, was it <laughs> Ozzy Sabbath or? I know the one. It was. A, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was a farewell tour actually. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's yeah, sick. Yeah. It wow. It was actually really sick. Yeah. I'm, they were playing I'm Snow Blind, so yeah, you can guess. Oh, it was great. Damn. <laughs> Henry. Pass. Pass? Well, wait, you, you oh, know, no, come on, Henry. You, you, you've... Really? 
You beat up all favorite, ladies of Favorite shows? concert attended and played? Well, let's start with the tenant because you got two haven't. Oh, I never, I never said. Yeah, you guys never. But we can come back to that. We'll go back around. Yeah. Favorite concert attended. Favorite concert attended. Mm. Pass. (laughs) Damn son, really? He doesn't want to piss off anybody. Um, Must be too. Must be too many friends out there. He's like, I can't do it, man. Can't do it. What about played? Pass. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have a favorite. Oh, show I know, I know which played? one. I know which one is my favorite that I played. Did you? Did you answer? No, no I damn, I don't do that. Second. Please go, go, go. Yo, so my favorite show that like Nomas has played. Mm-hmm. I have a, I have a lot of. Like, Real quick, do you have one that you went to first, like like that you attended? But you said yeah, the Sabbath. Sabbath. The Sabbath. Okay, what's yeah. what's the one that you played? And then like uh, I have a lot of like favorite shows but I'm just gonna mention the recent one cause it was just kinda like very spiritual for me the second night at St. Vitus I believe it was sold out um yeah with, yeah with, we're full uh, of hell yeah we're full of hell that was something else I don't know what was going on with me but I felt like I evolved on stage like that was like a transcendent out of body experience yeah it was like and some, like literally some people were telling me after the show like Yo, that was spiritual. I was like, dude, you felt it too. I was like, <laughs> there was something. That's was, awesome. I don't know what was going on that night. Like, yeah, yeah, I wasn't tripping or nothing. I Did think you? my favorite show we ever played was that uh, that pig destroyer show at Metro Gallery. <sighs> I was there for that. Yeah, dude, I mean that, one was, that was fucking outer heaven too. That was amazing. I don't remember uh, again I know. another turning point for this band. I know that you one know, was like good. that was. I think it was this one right here. I just remember backstage, like, the dudes in Pig Destroyer were just getting us hammered. <laughs> and I, I just remember us walking on stage, and we were all like... Yeah, you know why they did that? Because they're like, we don't want these guys to embarrass us out Oh, okay. no. <laughs> no, I know. They're all very cool. But I think it's no, cool. they're, no, they're, they're really good. Cool. They, they don't got to do that. What about um, you, Patrick? Um, favorite concert I've ever attended it's it's like when you ask that question it always goes back to like one of the first concerts you ever went to you know because once you're like bitten you're like in in it yeah um I feel like 2006 my dad took me to Ozfest and this was the year it was a really shitty year it was like there weren't a lot of great bands playing the main stage but this was the year that Ozzy was playing the second stage so you had a chance to see Ozzy in like a, a a pit of mud, you know, like up close and personal. And uh, I was I was obviously big into Ozzy when I was like a kid, still am. But like, you know, my I, I didn't have a wristband. Seeing the same shit, the Ozzy shit. I mean, Oz, dude, if you've seen Black Sabbath, no, I agree. Ozzy, like it's it's killer. Like honestly, like y'all fuck, making me I, look like a poser, being like Marilyn Manson. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I did see I did see Heaven and Hell with Dio uh, oh, back that, in like oh 2007 or, or was it Dio side because that I've seen <laughs> Dio side and that was sick I didn't know that was Dio side was Dio side with Dio in the front oh yeah but yeah, fucking Heaven and Hell with Dio on vocals that was awesome that was like a month before he died I saw wow. that at Merriweather and that was that was insane with like Megadeth or something like that but like uh, no Ozfest 2006 times. my my dad paid fifteen dollars uh, to get some kid's wristband to get into for the second times. stage 
because to see Ozzy in the second stage, you had to have a stupid wristband. Uh, so I got this kid's wristband. Who was playing the main stage that year? It was like Dragon Force. Oh, okay. Uh, System of a Down, Disturbed. It was like bands that I was like, I don't even know why no, they're right. Do that. Well, yeah, they had to find somebody, I guess. It was terrible. It was terrible. But Open I really just wanted to see Ozzy. So I got in. Open that up. And I was in the front row. And uh, you doing okay there? First bro? time. Play docking. Now. <laughs> <laughs> We got a problem. Houston, Ozzy, play docking now. Now I'll, I'll sum it up, okay? If if Henry can, are you okay? You need a hand. <laughs> okay, don't make it a thing, bitch. How can we not? You can literally hear him fucking barking in the background. <laughs> I'm like trying to tell Why my you guys. Why you out there, man? Just keep talking. Heart felt heavy there is a sink back there. I got this dude fucking puking. There is no barking happening yet. For the record, Henry did not puke. Okay. I got into the second stage. I was right up front to see fucking Ozzy at the second stage at OzFest 2006. Boo! This was awesome, though. Some guy handed me some weed. I breathed in a little weed. I got super high. I was like thirteen. Bro, uh, stop him. These kids, these kids. Weed? We don't, we don't stand by that shit. No, no, the, no, someone breathed some weed. <laughs> <laughs> I hear this. I broke some weed. And Psych. We smoke weed. Yo, some, some these guys picked me up. Right. I started crowd surfing. It was an incredibly violent pit. You could imagine. Like, I mean, maybe I'm a little biased, but. That shit was violent as fuck. Like, I was kind of scared, but, I, you know, of course I was 14 with no experience, but really these people were going. moshing way too hard for Ozzy. So they lift me up, and I'm crowd surfing, and Ozzy dumps a bucket of water on my head. Woo! Shit. So. Got that, christened. I mean, that's awesome. yeah, that's, it was great. And my dad was like, my dad was standing outside of the gate because he didn't get a wristband. And he was like, he saw ambulances starting to oh, like roll in. They were carrying people out. He was all scared that oh, I was like dead yeah. and shit like that. And yeah. it was just like I was fine, obviously, but it was like a great show, very memorable, you know. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I uh, that reminds me of this one time I saw that band Slow Dive. <laughs> they, they had like they hadn't played for a while, and I had saw them in Atlanta. And long story short. I snuck behind the stage and I got to meet them. Oh, nice. I scared the fuck out of them when I first ran up on them. <laughs> I think my favorite show that I ever saw was in 90 with, uh, was during the Judas Priest Painkiller Tour. It was oh, them. Nice. And what? Megadeth was open. What? What the nice. fuck? At Jax? No, this was at McNichols Arena in Denver. Oh, yeah, in Arena. I was like, at Jax? Um, no way. This Can you imagine? No but Megadeth yeah! as well. They were just getting ready to release. Like 1991. Yeah, that was uh, that was an experience. That's probably my favorite. I mean, I've been to a few obviously over time. I went to Clash of the Titans at Red Rocks. Did you see them when they came? Uh, Judas. Like, Not recently. I love Firepower though. That's an yeah. amazing record. Uh, what else we got here? So, who? What was your favorite experience playing? Um, Exodus. I know it's kind of short at this point, but... No, that was a terrible show. I'm going to keep talking about bad experiences now. Um, we played Full Terror Assault, and everything went wrong for me uh, that day, so I won't talk about that, but... Um, it was all in the gear, though. Yeah, like, all my gear, like, malfunctioned right before the stage, and I had people shouting uh, from the crowd, like, what is this, fucking amateur hour? 
shit like that. It was it was it was terrible. It was, that was one of the worst moments of my life. But uh, I think one of the best shows. It's it's really strange um, to think about what are the best shows because I feel like the good ones I just don't think about. It's the yeah. bad ones you really think about. Right. Wow. Um, and, and, and one of the ones that I could say is probably the best one that I played the is bad one. Is one of the one, no the be, well I guess so yeah. <laughs> I, I played in a corpse paint band for a minute. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yo, this man has to be stopped. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no it's the time. Not yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, that guy over there has no room to talk, dude. I, I played. No, I played <laughs> shut up. <laughs> so I played in a band called Zucatre. Baltimore's oldest black metal band. Zucatre. They uh they play uh really primitive like black metal, just fucking power chords. It's badass sometimes. But the problem is, <laughs> the main, we you know the the main guitar player Zucatre, would always get, you say. Yeah, the main guitar player and the writer of the music would get too fucked up every single show. So, so he's uh, basically David Semmel. I kind of joined this band as like a joke, to be honest. Like I was like, <clears throat> yeah, I'll fucking play, sure. I'll wear a corpse paint, why not? And I didn't realize how much work it actually was. You know, you have to apply corpse paint every show you play and get up there and sell it. You know? Right. So I, you know, I, I have this terrible paint on, and I go up there, and it's some festival where I'm playing with like Imperial Triumphant, and it's in like a Mexico uh, Mexican restaurant. Uh, and there's like soccer on a big screen behind us the nice. whole time, you know what I'm saying? But it was badass because like the main guitar player was uh, too fucked up to like play the song, and I just held it down. <laughs> and then I went next, then, then I, and I held it down. I looked fucking stupid as shit because I have this. Like, I don't have my look like solidified. I look like a party clown, you know. <laughs> and I get off stage, and I, I there's a couple people that I've recognized, you know, in the scene and stuff like that. And they'll point, and they'll be like, "Ha, you look dumb." I mean, uh, what, what what was your paint awesome? Yeah, like, I mean, no, it was terrible. It was not. I mean, <laughs> d- d- describe us the best your part. Paint. The, it was, he really is. It was like a, a permanent Nomaz member. Everybody, hey, give the hey. give it up oh, on the other end. Give it give it up for him. Go Come back, on, back. everybody. Thank you. Thank you. That, that, that's awesome. But I I, I want to hear about the, the the paint scheme. Okay, my Stop paint. The paint. <laughs> I didn't use grease paint. So if you want to talk about the paint, the guy who <laughs> fucked up a lot, right? The guy who fucked up. He used grease paint, so he looked like a juggalo. <laughs> uh, so he looked like a literal party clown. I I use Wet and Wild. It was a little thinner, right? Yes. But wet and wild. I use Wet and Wild. Uh, wet and Wild. Dying. The white, and I would use the the black on top. But the problem was I put too much on and it bled and I sweat and it just I looked like uh, I was gray. You know what oh I mean? I was, I was gray. It didn't look good. Uh, I had a terrible hoodie that was cut up. But anyway. It was in a Mexican restaurant, so after we played our set to like five people, hey, Pat, you know we're doing an interview right now. We got no That's you a can good cut story. This out, right? hey, I mean, it's it's all coming together. Well, yeah, story. because you're an agent of chaos. Hey, hey yeah, he's like the hey, devil on your hey, shoulder hey, now, back hey, there. Hey, Every single No Ma show this I play is, is good. You, I, I don't have a bad No Ma show, but like, <clears throat> if you want to talk about shows that were bad but also like totally triumphant. You know, I got off stage, every, a few people were laughing at me, but all the satanic Hispanics that put on this festival were like, cut, this this cut, fucking guy. Cut. That's what they call themselves. That's what they are. It's like cut a gang. Get the fuck out. No, no, it's Silver Spring. That's These what are what call. the listeners want. So, 
I go next door to get some tacos. I go next door to get some tacos in this Mexican restaurant. He does that Mexican these, restaurant. These dudes start surrounding me like, dude, that was all you up there. <clears throat> you know, Hispanic dudes, they're like, that was all fucking you. And I was like, so... I felt like, even though I played to three people, three or five people, it was all worth it, you know? I looked like an asshole. I felt so good afterwards. Awesome. You can cut that out. That's fine. Yeah, that's <laughs> good bit. stuff right there, man. I ain't, I ain't getting rid of that shit. All right, let's get into your last three of the new. Hey, record. I hung out with a duck today. Hey, <laughs> John. Oh, so now John wants to talk about the fucking duck. Yeah, let's talk about this duck. <laughs> we'll get back to, to that. The, duck. Uh, the last three tracks on your new record, uh, Robbie. These are all actually tunes that you've played before. Another. Yeah, uh, Robbie and Police Brutality. Yes. Police Brutality, and isn't Hypothermia one of them too? No. No. Hypothermia is a song that you wrote for this album. Okay. Yeah, so we'll get right into it. Here is Rabia.
MC. Show y'all motherfuckers. I'm working. What do you want us to do? Fucking sit here and revel in our own music? Let's play Scrabble. I have horror trivia. That would be I, I, I would kill it. Let's do that. Well, that's upstairs. We'll get to that in a minute. We're all about ready done with this. Uh, but I did have uh, one f- couple final things to say. Uh, hey. First thing is, I'm going to put you on the spot again. And even though this will always be subjective because it can change even for me daily, I'm going to ask each one of you, what is your favorite record of all time? John. Off the top of your head. Don't think about it too hard. All right. Okay. So the only thing I gotta ask: Are we talking about genre specific? Doesn't or just matter. In general, doesn't matter. Like number one out of everything. Yep. Nirvana in utero. Okay. I'm gonna say uh, Misery Index. I suck. Okay. Um, yeah. Henry. I'm gonna say. Don't you uh, fucking dare say pass! I'm gonna beat you to death. I'm gonna say uh, <laughs> between the buried and me. Okay. Really. The Silent Circus. That's a good one. That's a good album. That's a really good album. Patrick. Uh, this is really hard. I didn't know that. <laughs> putting him cool. on the spot. I don't know if I can do this. He doesn't have anything to say now. Um, <laughs> yeah, you were all fucking mouth earlier. Where you at? <laughs> I, could, I just couldn't name one favorite album of all time. It's pretty well, like I said. We all just did it. Well, yeah, I'm saying it'll yeah, probably the, change all daily. All those albums suck, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really Is he going to be the basis tomorrow or not? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, he is literally the last Nomos basis. Yeah, that's good. My favorite album is uh, Grishka. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they just love, they just love that. Dog. Uh, we'll say Bathory. Dog, I'm dead. The first oh, Bathory is dead. Okay. <laughs> what was Henry over there doing? Yo, I'm fucking dead, bro. <laughs> Guys, I appreciate y'all coming in. It's been a blast. Bitch, my sides hurt. <laughs> John not gonna last. Is he, is he done? I'm gonna die. <laughs> Call the ambulance. I'm dead. <laughs> Henry assaulted me. We're dead. He's still trying to deal with his issues over there. We dead. <laughs> Even though he's just really mad at you. That's right. number one. Next. VIP of the interview. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for coming in. I appreciate it. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they are just fucking hammered. Beyond oblivion. No, we've been... This is all a lie. <laughs> I do have one last track, though. It's a request. If it's Grishka, I'm going to be real mad. <laughs> <laughs> it is actually Scatterbrain. Down with oh, the ship. Oh, down with the ship. Hell yeah. All right. Thanks, you guys. We're going to go have some more shenanigans fun here in a minute. Ow, my face. <laughs> <laughs>